Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Talk podcast. This is Andy Mitz with Rock Chalk Talk. I am joined today by Casey Bartley and Drew Schneider, both from Hammer and Rails, the FB Nation site that covers the Purdue Boilermakers. Welcome, guys. How's it going? What's up, guys? All right. Let's 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 just go ahead and jump right in. Um, obviously, the topic of the hour is the tur- tournament game that's coming up tomorrow um, between KU and Purdue. Really quick, playing up against the one seed, what is it from Purdue's first two games um, that, you know, what have you seen from Purdue in those first two games that's that's given you hope going up against a team like Kansas? We'll go and start with you, Casey. It's going to sound strange to say this, first of all. We didn't lose. And after the last two years of being the best team on the court and dominating both first-round games, we still managed to lose. And last last Saturday against Iowa State, once again, we were the best team on the court for most of the game. Once again, we tried to collapse and give it away, but we didn't. And just getting over that hump, I think, has done a lot for us emotionally, mentally. And to be honest, we're playing the best basketball of the year. That first half against Iowa State was the best we've played since this group of guys got here. Sounds good. What about you, Drew? One player for you is that Vincent Edwards has actually showed up and played in the tournament. Um, He's a guy all year that that some games he can come out and dominate, and some games you have to look and check the box score to make sure he played. Um, When he's locked in and and playing well, uh, we can win. We can beat anybody. When he's not playing well, we struggle to beat teams like Nebraska. So um, he has been playing well, so we've been playing well. And if that continues, I have hope. Sounds good. So I guess we'll jump right then into kind of the breakdown then. Um, What is it that Purdue does really well um, that you think is going to match up well against Kansas? And and, and what are some of your areas of concern about how they're going to be able to match up? 
It's not. It's pretty much the same concerns we had going against Iowa State. Your guys' guards are just too athletic for us to handle one-on-one. That's always a concern for us. Um, and, you know, counterpoint, we have size that you guys can't guard. And the thing with Purdue, the thing we do better than pretty much any other team I've seen in college basketball is we consistently execute. We have a game plan. We want to get it inside. We want to move the ball, and we want to find open shooters. Our guys, from tip-off to final buzzer, work. They run the offense. They're patient. They try to find good looks. Occasionally, Caleb will go into hero ball, but past that, our guys are willing passers, and everyone can shoot, and we know it. That said, I don't know how anyone on our team matches up with Josh Jackson, and then you guys have five other guards that are quick and can score, and we're going to have trouble with that. We also have trouble rebounding against athletic teams, and that sounds kind of weird because we are so big, and Caleb does pull down the double-double almost guaranteed every game. But outside of Caleb, Vince has been playing well, and that helps our rebounding a lot. But Isaac Hoff is not a good rebounder. He's seven foot two, but if the ball doesn't bounce high off the rim, he can't get to it if it's not in his area. Um, and we've been beaten up on the boards by teams that seem like we should dominate on the backboard, um, especially on the uh, offensive glass. We uh, we've given up a lot of offensive rebounds that have hurt in the games we've lost. Um, and a lot of that's coming from guards crashing in and um, just more athletic players because you can rebound over, you can't rebound around Caleb, but you can rebound over him. Um, and we saw that happen a lot, even in that Northwestern game where they came down and Northwestern had God knows how many offensive rebounds in the first half. Um, so that's a concern for me too. It's just us controlling uh, the defensive boards. If we don't do that, we don't have a shot. Uh, what we do really well is, like Casey said, we move the ball well, we shoot well. Um, we've got a couple guys that can just go off and carry carry the team. Caleb, obviously, but um, if if Isaac Hoff is making his two footers, um, then we're in good shape, but that's, uh, again, like a 50-50 proposition. I think he's probably missed more shots inside two feet than anybody in the nation this year. Um, same with Dakota Mathias. If Dakota Mathias gets hot like he does against Indiana, he can shoot another team out of the gym, but he hasn't been hot at all this tournament, so we were hoping that he uh, catches fire a little bit. He got hot right at the end of the first half of the Iowa State game and just drained two ridiculous threes, but um, that's what he's going to have to do for the entire Kansas game. If you pay attention to Purdue Twitter, pretty much our team mantra is dunk the ball, Hoff. Everyone just gets angry that he tries to lay everything in. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, I try to duck it more in, like, I, I probably try to duck it more in, like, pickup games when I was young and you could dunk and Hoff does in actual games when I'm 6'3". There's no proof that Drew could ever dunk. He just I didn't dunk. Dunk. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, for those Purdue fans that might be listening, I'll go ahead and just run through for Kansas really quick, um, especially with how, you know, we're kind of matching up with you guys. 
I, I think where the, the strength of your guys' team is definitely the front court with uh, Swanigan and Haas. Our, our strength is most definitely the, our, our back court with Frank Mason, uh, Devontae Graham, and then Josh Jackson, of course. But, you know, the, the guard core is really, really deep. We have Svi, Mikhail Luke, um, who has come on pretty strong this year. Um, we also have Ladero Vick, who has improved a lot this year. And so I think, yeah, they, they, they definitely have the ability to run a bunch of guards out at you. The the other thing that they do really well that I think could potentially be a big problem for Purdue is that the guards are all good at at creating a bunch of space and then slashing in, um, you know, and getting those big guys in foul trouble because they're trying to match up with a quicker guard that can cut one way or another. That's kind of Frank Mason's go-to um, thing. I mean, honestly, it's gotten to the point where if he gets the ball up top, he's probably driving in. Um, it's driven Kansas fans crazy when he doesn't get the calls, but he keeps doing it and then takes bad shots as, as he goes in expecting contact. Um, the thing that's encouraging for Kansas has been that, you know, Landon Lucas has been our only consistent big guy down low um, all year long. And so there's concern about foul trouble there. Um, Carlton Bragg was expected to take a big step forward this year, and it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. I think missing time because of suspensions and just generally not finding his groove has caused him a lot of problems this year. Um, but in the in the tournament games, Dwight Colby has actually come on pretty good, um, which is giving us a, at least a second option down low to kind of spell Lucas when he needs to or if Lucas gets in foul trouble. So hopefully that's going to be enough. Um, this is going to be a really interesting game, I think, kind of like with the Iowa State one. I was actually really interested to see that Iowa State-Purdue game because it was a huge different contrast in styles. So it was going to be, you know, really intriguing to see who was going to be able to impose their will and who was going to be able to do what they wanted to do. And obviously you guys were able to put that game away. So, um, you know, it does it does definitely concern me um, having to play a team like Purdue with all of that inside that we don't really match up well with, especially since the system you guys are running seems to be a lot like what Bill Self usually likes to run. Um, he just hasn't had the personnel for it this year. Uh, so he's had to kind of adapt on the fly here. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited for the game. Um, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, let's, let's talk next about X factors. Who do you think is probably going to be the most important player that's kind of, kind of indicate whether you guys are going to win or not? I called it the same thing before Iowa State game. Our game entirely depends on Isaac Haas coming off the bench and being a matchup problem. That is the one place we get easy buckets. We don't have the guys that are going to score a bunch in transition. Um, so we have to rely on Haas just being unguardable inside. And I was curious because Kansas has not defended well for a Bill Self team this year. And is it just a lack of size or is there a lack of discipline as well? Yeah, I, I, I would have to say it probably it just is the lack of size. Usually we've had, even if we don't have a lot of depth down low, we've usually had one guy that's just, you know, really good at blocking shots, you know, Jeff Withy, um, you know, uh, um, Joel Embiid, players like that, where we can we can funnel everybody in, in down low, and then he's there to kind of throw everything away. Um, we haven't had that this year. Lucas is, has gotten better at blocking shots, but he definitely does not have just the natural shot-blocking ability that we're so used to having. And so I think a lot of it just has been them trying to on the fly, come up with how are they going to keep that defensive intensity. The one thing that has been promising is that they have been consistently getting better throughout the year. And, and I think that 
you know, we, we've also seen spurts where they can put on a press and lock you down and turn you over really quickly for a little bit here and there to kind of turn the tide of the game and then use their offense to just pull away. I don't know. Right, I've got a, oh, sorry. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Vincent as my X factor. Vincent Edwards, um, as I mentioned earlier, when he's playing well, uh, Purdue can beat anybody. It's kind of like Isaac House, obviously. It's between one of those two. You know what you're going to get with Caleb. He's going to give you a double-double. He's going to hit somewhere between 10 to 15 rebounds, and he's going to probably put up somewhere between 15 and 20 points. He's not a guy that's going to go out and get you 40. He's a guy that's always going to get you you know, somewhere between 15 and 20. Um, but Vincent's a guy that could get you 25 or he could get you two. Um, and uh, that's uh, like I said the first two games he's been the guy that's just showed up who we've been waiting for all year he's kind of a weird player because he looks like he'd be a great small forward but he's not Um, he's a small power forward he's not super quick laterally um, but he can hit the. Uh, but it, he, he can go outside and take a, a bigger defender outside, and either draw him out with a three or drive it past him. Does not do as well against the, a quicker defender outside, but he can take quicker defenders into the post, um, and that's what he did against Iowa State um, a lot. Is um, he'd take quicker defend defenders into the post and score on them. He also rebounds on the offensive side really well. Um, and that's where I think we can make uh, some progress if Vincent is uh, locked in. Is He's the one player on our team um, other than Biggie that can just go get the ball. Um, so I think if Vincent's playing well, we will be in it to the very end. Sounds good. So the um... – Kind of the, one of the first storylines that, that was highlighted when the bracket came out was this potential matchup being, you know, the matchup between Frank Mason and Caleb Swanigan um, in terms of the player of the year race. Those were probably the the lead, two leading candidates coming into the tournament, and they're really the only two that are left with a with a legitimate shot, I think, at, at winning it. Um, since since we do have you here, let's let's go ahead and have you state your case for Caleb Swanigan as the national player of the year. Drew, I'm gonna let you go first, since all of last year I spent bashing Caleb. That's true. I, I, we've had you have two opposing views from last year on your podcast right now. Um, Caleb this year is he's a metronome. It's just like consistent every game. You know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get. Um, you're gonna get. You there? Yeah. Okay, you're going to get 15, like I said, you're going to get somewhere between 15 and 20 points. You're going to get somewhere between 10 and 15 rebounds. He's probably going to get three or four assists. He's going to outwork everybody on the court. Um, and, I mean, that's just what he does. He's expanded his game. He can step out and hit the three, um, especially that little trail transition secondary break three is his pet shot from the top of the key. Um and, I mean, this is what he's done all year. Purdue, he's been the key to Purdue getting where they are. Without Caleb, um, you know, we were one of those probably throwed in the mix, eight, nine seed Big Ten teams. Um, and, you know, 
Caleb, we win the Big Ten. Um, and that's why he's just improved so much over the course of, you know, just one year. And um, he's dominant. There's not a player in the country that can go out and do what he does every night. And I'm done. Casey, go. I really think it is his versatility. And it's weird because I think a lot of people love him nationally, but I think they love him for the wrong reasons. They see the points and the double-doubles, and those are great, and he is a great rebounder. He is not really a go-to player on offense the way you think of, or the way Frank Mason is. But what he is, he's a big man who can, A, shoot the ball from outside. He's had an incredible year from three. And he can also pass the ball really well. And he, he just he gets in position. He's a matchup nightmare. And he just opens up defenses. And he allows our shooters and our guys to have space. And he can do everything anywhere. And, you know, the Iowa State game is the perfect metaphor for everything his career has been because there is no reason that that ball should have went in his hands, but he just outworked everyone else on the court and came up with a clutch play to win the game. And it's hard to – there's no real statistical evidence for that kind of heart and that kind of play. It's just he's the best player in the country. Yeah, let me just throw that real quick, Casey. I, I think Casey is right, and the people see it. They also see him as this sort of low low post monster. Um, you know, this big six nine, six ten, two hundred and fifty, sixty pound guy. He, in my opinion, he's better in the high post um, where he can have some more room and hit shots. He's not super great at scoring over bigger players. He he doesn't jump well. Um, he's he's not hyper like you don't. He's not hyper athletic. He's a good athlete, but you can out athlete Caleb Swanigan. And he just but he just outworks people. Sounds good. Yeah. So I was I was actually taking a look here. Um, the one thing you guys didn't really seem to mention that at least his Ken Palm profile seems to indicate is that it looks like he's actually a pretty good interior passer. His assist rate. Um, is 18.5, which is a lot higher than I expected it would be. Um, you know, I, I it, it's it's actually kind of funny because normally I'm the guy that is pulling for or you know just falls in love with the uh, big man that's a really good interior passer that's really good at playing over guys or or out hustling guys or things like that. So I mean, Caleb Swanigan definitely fits the profile of the kind of guy I usually love to fall in love with for the player of the year. But then I take a look at what Frank Mason's done, and I'll kind of take this opportunity to talk a little bit about him. Um, you know, he's, he's played almost 90% of the minutes, um, but he has an offensive rating of 124.2 on the year, which is just absolutely insane for some wow that much. Right. Um, wow. That, that jumped out. That is absolutely ridiculous. Just for reference, uh, Caleb Swanigan, his, his offensive rating is 113.4, which is still really, really good. Um, but usually, if you think about you know usage and, and minutes, as that goes up, your offensive rating tends to go down. So to think that Frank Mason has played this much this year and is still that high offensive rating, I mean that's that's just absolutely insane. Um, the now, other thing, oh, in fairness, go ahead. Does the Big Twin 
Does the Big 12 play defense? I haven't watched a bunch of games. Wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about football. They they don't play defense on football, but in basketball, yeah, they actually have some pretty good defense. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's, it's just um, – I mean, just looking overall, the fact that Frank Mason is such a small guy that does really well driving in and creating his own shot. You know, he's been lights out from the free throw line. I mean, just the overall package of Frank Mason, um, you know, is is one of those things that's that's really good. And and of course, you know, we get that. We also have the the feel good story. The guy that wasn't recruited by the big schools. I think we hear about that every single time they play. They talk about Mason and Devontae Graham. Um, you know, so he's got that feel-good story of the player who came from, you know, wasn't highly recruited and, you know, transformed himself into this phenomenal player. Not to mention he's shooting 47.2% from free, from three, which that in and of itself is is insane. I mean, he's he shot 161 three-pointers and made 76 of them. That's just a ridiculous percentage for someone who shoots so often. Um, you know, so it's the overall package there, I think, just puts him a little bit above Swanigan, even though Swanigan's the kind of player that I usually like to see making that big run there for the for the player of the year. So, but I think I'm, you should keep in mind that Caleb has a much better nickname. And I feel like that might be a big plus for him. I don't, I've never, I like Biggie a lot more than Frank. Well, 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 true, but Swanigan does not have a, a song. You know, in his honor, uh, I don't know if you guys heard when that was going around a couple of years ago, but the uh, "Bitch I'm Frank Mason" song, you know, I think kind of makes up for the lack of nickname. Yeah. Biggie has an entire notorious B.I.G. catalog. <laughs> well then, "Bitch I'm Frank Mason" is pretty good. Yes, it is. It was one of those when it came out. I was like, "This is completely ridiculous." And then the more that I listened to it. <laughs> The more, the more I was getting on board with just how wonderful that song actually is. So. <laughs> All right, well, it's been great talking to you guys. Let's let's go ahead and end up with just one last final thought here. Um, what were your expectations at this point? I mean, losing two Kansas in this game is that going to? I mean, is is that about what you were expecting for the year? You know, getting to the Sweet 16 and having a good showing against a, t- a top seeded team, uh, or? Is this something where you're expecting them to win and kind of move on and you'd be disappointed if, if they weren't able to make it? Look at you setting us up for a moral victory. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, getting to the Sweet 16 was very big for our program. It was getting the monkey off our back. So there is a little bit like we're not going to be angry this year like we were last year after losing in the first round, but this team is absolutely good enough to win against Kansas. It's good enough to win in the lead eight. It can get to the final four. Our big guys are a mismatch. And I, I feel, I feel, I feel unconfident about how confident I feel. I am expecting a back and forth close game and it's going to come down to the last two minutes. And, Kansas is a really good team. I mean, you didn't get a one seed by luck. So if we lose to you guys, yeah, it doesn't hurt like it does a lot. This group of guys we have are awesome. I love this team. And, you know, this year, regardless of what we do in this game, is a building block to get even better next year. So I think it's 50-50. But I'm not going to be mad either way. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Casey. Um, 
I didn't necessarily think the Sweet 16 was like the ceiling for this team. Um, but Kansas not lose, but some of that definitely depends on obviously matchup. I mean, if we were in a, a different, uh, you know, bracket with one of the one seeds gone, um, I think we'd have a better shot, obviously, than going up against Kansas. Um, that being said, um, I'm, I think we're obviously going to have a really good chance to win this game. Things have got to break right for us. I think Kansas has a bigger margin for error. We have to do everything right, and a few things have to break for us. Our bigs can't. Caleb can't get in foul trouble. Um, PJ Thompson can't get overwhelmed uh, by Frank Mason completely. I'm talking about I'm expecting to give up 20, not like 35. And uh, one guy we haven't talked about, uh, Carson Edwards, um, he's got to play well. He's our sort of freshman, uh, again, who can come out and get you, you know, 17 points or he can just take a bunch of bad shots and sit on the bench. Um, I think Purdue fans should be fine with the Sweet 16 if we were to happen to drop this game. Um, there is a small contingent of very vocal Purdue fans that were upset that we let Iowa State come back and are ready to fire our coach, and they uh, are all just terrible people and um, don't really understand basketball that well. Uh, I, hope, I hope they hear this. Um, <laughs> the word you're looking for is dumb. Dumb. Yes, they're very dumb. Um, so there will be, if, if we lose in the Sweet 16, there will be the very small, dumb contingent of people screaming and crying and demanding that our head coach be fired and replaced with uh, Bill Jackson or, um, you know, somebody like that. But in general, I think Purdue fans, um, while we want more, uh, will not be devastated by the loss. Um, but I think they, I think there's in the most most Purdue fans there's some cautious optimism, which is different from the normal Eeyore fan base that we have. Yeah, I think I think Kansas fans are kind of in the same boat here. Um, you know, coming into the tournament before the draws were announced, we talked about how there was a few teams that we really didn't want to see because of matchups, and of course Michigan and Purdue were two of those teams. Purdue because of the the you know guys down low that we didn't really match up very well with, and then Michigan, just how hot they were going through the Big Ten tournament. And, of course, we get both of them in our bracket. So um, just based off the matchups, I think I think most reasonable Kansas fans would probably wouldn't, – wouldn't be happy not making it to the Final Four this year, um, but kind of like where they were with Villanova last year where we just kind of ran into the, the wrong team um, You know, if, if we're not able to get through. I think, I think we would all be a little bit more upset – if we won this game and then lost in the Elite Eight, because honestly, this is this is probably the more difficult opponent matchup wise for us to handle um, than an Oregon that's missing Boucher or a Michigan that you know ma- we actually match up really well with. They're just so hot that if they're hitting shots like crazy, then would you would you guys combine for about 250 points if you played Michigan? You know, that would be interesting to see. I, I, I have to think that Bill Self would want to slow it down a little bit and, and kind of avoid getting into a three-point shootout with them. Um, but, yeah, you know, that that would probably be the, the best outcome of that game would be just to kind of say, hey, let's, let's go try to score as many points as possible for both teams and set a tournament record. Uh, but, yeah. 
All right. Well, it's 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 been great to have you guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go at this point, but I really appreciate the discussion here. Um, good luck to Purdue in the uh, game on on Thursday, but but not too much luck because I still do want Kansas to win. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Andy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.